Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Bilun Jamusemeche. At She Brigade, we aim to empower by aspiring to storytelling. On this show, we chat to different phenomenal women around South Africa, and we dive into their stories and journeys that have led them to where they are today. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to yet another episode of She Brigade. Um, today, on the, on the show, we have Zimasa Kolo Shemabuse. Yes, you pronounced it well. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous on pronouncing it, guys. Okay, so Kolo, oh, Kolo, you see now I'm calling you by your surname. Zimasa is the head of legal and compliance at Yalu, which is an insurtech and fintech startup. But you're also the founding editor of the Corporate Canvas. So just something you probably don't know is, so I have a, I had a fashion blog, a corporate fashion blog, right? I started that because of you. Because oh I was God. reading the corporate canvas when I had just started working. I was reading the corporate canvas a lot. Yes. And because it was literally the only South African platform for women, At the time, people, yes. people in corporate. And I had just joined corporate and then I was doing it a lot. And I was like, I love this. And I wanted to do something similar, but I wanted to do it from a fashion perspective. Yes. So literally, you're the reason why I started my oh, blog. Thank and you. I'm so touched now. <laughs> I'm going to have such a great day. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've always been a little lucky obsessed with you. <laughs> I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> okay, so guys, Zmasa, um, so you've actually been featured in Destiny Magazine's Top 40 Game Changes Under 40. Yes. You won the McKinsey & Company Next Generation Women Leader Award. Yes. Um, you were also a guest speaker at the Standard Back Branded Youth Conference. Yes. And a guest of honor at the McKinsey Next Generation Women Leaders Dinner. Mm-hmm. And last year you were featured in the True Love Class of 2018 Women's Month issue. Yes, I was, yes. You actually, yeah. Quite exciting. You do a lot. Quite humbling. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, so um, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to the show. So here we like to start from the beginning. So take us back to the beginning. Who is Zimasa? Like your upbringing, like what led to you becoming who you are now? So tell us about how your life was from the beginning. Jeez, okay. So... Um, I'm the daughter of medical professionals. So both, both. Yeah. So my mom is a pharmacist by Mm -hmm. profession and my dad is a medical doctor by profession, a gynecologist. Uh, I was the butt of many jokes when I was okay. young. Like, is your dad your gynae? Like, no, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So uh, uh, dad, dad, a gynae, his brother, a uh, uh, doctor as well. And his brother's wife, a nurse, so lots of medical professionals mm. in my family. And my sister and I went the opposite route and studied law, I know. So uh, <laughs> I grew up ac- across South Africa, to be honest with you, because okay. um, I was born in Port Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. But about six months after my birth, my dad, who at the time was a GP, wanted to specialize and become a gynae. And oh. at the time, no, there were no universities that were yeah. allowing black people to specialize except for UKZN. So we moved okay. to Durban um, because UKZN was the only university mm. at the time allowing black professionals, black professionals to specialize. So we moved to Durban and I grew up, I had the first five years of my life in Durban. Um, a very fun childhood, I must be honest. I had a good childhood. And then at around age six, I moved, we moved back to Port Elizabeth because my dad now wanted to start his practices and his surgeries. And he had like quite a few practices around Port Elizabeth. He had one in a township called Guamakaki and another one in a township called uh, Utenhaig or a town, let me say, called Utenhaig. And he also like worked in private practice in 
in the suburbs in Port Elizabeth. And we were in Port Elizabeth for many, many years until around 11. And at 11 years old, uh, things got very tough for doctors at the time. Mm. Uh, they were just not making as much money and things were just tough economically. And Port Elizabeth actually has been struggling economically since around that time. It, it really is quite a depressed economy. Beautiful place. I mean, yeah. I always call it a mini Cape Town because it really does look like Cape yeah, Town. Yeah. In form. <laughs> but like, it's it, it, just a very depressed economy. And um, my dad didn't, my parents had to make a decision because they knew what they wanted for us, but in PE, it didn't look like they could give it to us. Mm. So they made the decision to either go, I know this is such extremes, but they just made the decision to either go to the UK or to come up to Johannesburg. And um, they decided, you know what, this is our home. We're rooted here in South yeah. Africa. So we made yet another move. I mean, now I just realized like, I grew up in Durban. I grew up in PE. Mm. And then we made another move to Pretoria. So at around 11 years old, uh, we moved up to Pretoria. Um, I've been in, I grew up in Pretoria. I went to high school there. Um, had a great high schooling career. I was at St. Mary's in mm. Pretoria. Um, my mom number one dream in life and she always tells me this that doesn't matter what happens with her she believes that she's successful because all her life when she was young all she wanted was her dream was she wanted to send her kids to private schools and so she decided oh. it doesn't matter even if I eat rice yeah as long as my kid is in a private school oh, it's wow. that's all that matters to yeah. me you know so my parents made a lot of sacrifices for us to go to the schools that we went to mm. which I'm very grateful for um, I'm very humbled by it um, we're not rich by any stroke but uh, they always um, made lots of sacrifices. And mm. I learned from my parents to be a self-sacrificial human being, you know, like that we'd rather eat rice every day and have our kids have the best. Education, than, yeah. Yeah, than, yeah, than we eat woolies and <laughs> whatever the case is. Just, just a joke, obviously. But, yeah. I mean, so my mom always says that that was her number one dream in life and that's all she ever cared about, mm. that's what she wanted. So I did attend good schools. I'm very uh, happy about that and very humbled and proud of it as well. Um, where I met a lot of friends that I still have today. So I did have a good childhood, I must be honest, but mm, most of the stretch, mm. yeah. Um, I've always been quite a career girl. I've always been very, very ambitious. Did you know what you wanted to do when you were in high school? So you know what, when I knew what I wanted to do? I was in. I was 11 years old when I knew exactly what I wanted to do. 11? 11 years old. <laughs> no way. I still let don't know what I want to do. <laughs> I promise you. Let me tell you. It, and I will never forget the turning point in my career in my life, sorry, in my life, is um, when 9-11 uh, took place. Okay. 9-11 took yeah. place. And 9-11 was such a big thing for everybody in the whole world, right? Yeah. And then there was all this, like, hoo-ha around, uh, who's this person? Um, um, Osama Bin Laden. Mm. Guys, I'm the psycho woman. I believed I was going to find Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> like, I believed it in my heart. Like, I was like... Oh my gosh, so I sat in front of the TV every single day. I was constantly on encyclopedias and the internet. Researching. Researching, like, I'm going to find this man. I'm going to find this man. He, like, destroyed New York. I'm going to find him, you know? And that's when I knew that I want to change the world. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's why I always say that 9-11 was my turning point because I was so hell-bent on, quote-unquote, finding Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> but I knew that, like, I want to change the world in some yeah, way. Yeah. So... That's when my streak, my journalism slash legal streak came in. Okay, okay. So that's when I kind of did know what I probably am going to mm. do with my life. I didn't know what it looks like, but I knew that I'm going to do something along the lines of this. 
finding things, investigating, writing, yeah. helping, and changing the world. That's okay. just what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So that was me. Um, I think I was, and then I got to grade nine, and I've always been obsessed with Kanye Jomo all my life. I mean, really, yeah. all my life. I've, I think, is there a black girl? We in this all country? are. I was actually no, I was like, we all are, right? I mean, is there a black girl in this country <laughs> that does not love Kanye Jomo? If they don't, it's like, come <laughs> well, on. Yeah, come you. on. Like, I'm always like, I think the other day I was saying, oh my gosh, Kanye is everything. And then someone at work looked at me like, oh, really? And I was like, what's wrong with you? Are you okay? <laughs> like, but um, um, I've always loved Kanye Jomo. And I think I remember in grade nine, we were all sitting in life orientation. And we was like talking about what we want to be one day. Okay. And I said, I'm going to be the next Kanye Jomo. And everyone in class was like, oh, really? Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> well, the white girls were like, who is that? And the black girls were like, nah. Not, not, not really. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And I literally stuck by that principle that well, I don't necessarily need to be her, yes. but I want to do something similar to her because mm. for me, that woman has fundamentally changed the lives of black girls and opened doors and opened doors and created jobs and elevated yes. black women yes. everywhere. I agree. And so for me, those have been my two anchors. Like mm. I knew I'm going to do like law slash journalism and I knew that I'm going to do something similar to what she is doing. Okay. So then I went and um, I got to the end of my matric year and throughout my high schooling always said to everybody, I'm going to Rhodes. I'm going to go study journalism at Rhodes. I'm going to Rhodes. So I applied to Rhodes and I got in. And then I applied to for law at Wits as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Sorry. And then I got to matric and passed my matric. And then one day in January, I was about to go to uh, Rhodes because we had paid the, the, the registration, the registration fees, fee. Yes. And we had paid the res registration fee. Yeah. I know, right? And then... Like two days before I was about to go to Rhodes, I kid you not, two days before I was like, I don't think I want to go to Rhodes. Journalism. Why? I will never understand what happened, but I also understand exactly what happened. Timing is just everything. And sometimes decisions are made for you that you that you don't understand. And sometimes you make a decision that you don't understand why you're making this decision, but it makes sense later on in yeah. life. And I went, I chose Vitz Law. And I'm so glad I chose Vitz Law because I got to Vitz and Vitz was a whole new world for me. I all, I believe Vitz is one of the things that like opened doors for me because I was in Johannesburg and I don't I'm sure at other universities it's the same, but I, at Vitz, everyone had this hustle culture. Mm. Everyone had this like strong work ethic. Everyone was so different and so spunky and so unique. And yeah. I just loved my time at Vitz because I met all these people who were who were just making their dreams come true yes. and who were going for auditions and just... It's, it's that Joburg culture. It was a Joburg you know, culture. Yes. I, I felt it too when I moved to Joburg. I that loved Joburg, it. Everyone, like, that drive. That... And I knew when I got to it, this is why I didn't choose, choose yeah. roles, journalism. I'll never... I do understand, actually. I'll never understand why I decided two days before, like, Dad, I don't think I want to go to Rhodes. How did your parents react to it? They were fine with it. Is it? They were fine That's with so it. Funny awesome. enough, they were, they were fine. They were like, you know what? Mm. Okay. So what you're picking Vitz Law because I chosen the two. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to Vitz Law. Okay, I I, I, I can't explain it to you. Like <laughs> something two days beforehand when I was about to fly down or drive down to Rhodes, I was like, no, I'm I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm going to Rhodes. But it was the best decision of my life because that, like you you put it so beautifully, that Joburg culture, that mm. hustle culture, like 
Joburg just hits you like, <laughs> and it's so beautiful and it's an assault on the senses. And Vitz was exactly that. Now picture Vitz is literally all of that in one campus yes. because it's all these young people mm. who have taken the decision to study further, mm-hmm. who have taken the decision to better themselves and have taken the decision to, to, to get a degree, which is such a big decision to make. And then on top of that, there's that mix of Joburg culture. Yes. And Vitz was yeah. just, I had the time of my life and I to the, to this day, I still believe that my work ethic actually really comes from my time at Wits. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, at school, I always was a hard worker. Yeah. But I think something really hit me at Wits. I was like, you know what? This is the person I'm going to be. Mm, I'm going to mm. be a go-getter. I became a go-getter at Wits. I became someone who took risks. I became someone who wanted to try things. Mm. At school, I was a bit careful and just diligent. And I've always been diligent. Mm, but I was mm. just any other diligent girl who just worked hard and got good marks. But... Advert something happened in me that was like, this is it. Yeah, I think that's like a long summary. Right? <laughs> that's like, like a nice, beautiful summary. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you finished varsity. I finished varsity. And you got into one of the best grad programs in legal yes, in South Africa? Yes, I got into the Standard Bank grad. Okay, so I actually finished Advert. And then I went and did my master's in law at UJ. I got a bursary from UJ okay. to go do my master's. I knew I wanted to study further. So um, I got to the end of my fourth year, Vitz, and knew that I actually wanted to study further. Okay, yeah. Because um, I knew that I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew that studying what further is what I mm. what it needed. So mm. I went and did my LLM, Masters in Law at UJ, and after my master, well, not after, but during my Masters in Law, I applied for graduate programs because. I think I always knew from first year that I was not going to go the attorney route and go get admitted mm, and become an attorney. Mm. But I knew I wanted to do the corporate route and I knew I wanted to be a businesswoman. Again, I Can didn't know what that me? looks like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to be a powerhouse. Yeah, to be a powerhouse. <laughs> and I didn't even know what that looks yeah. like. And you don't always have to know what it looks you like. You don't. You don't always have to know what it looks like. I just knew that I want to be in business. And, and it sounded so... Now it sounds to say I want to be in business. But I was 22 and at nearing the end of my Vitz year, going into my UJ year, I mean, my for studying further at UJ. And I just wanted to be a businesswoman. So mm. I would tell people, I want to be a businesswoman. And that sounds so silly. but And you don't have to know what it looks like, but you have to know what it means to you. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I knew that I want to be in business and I want to be in corporate. And that's what my life looks like. Mm. So I then studied, I then, sorry, applied for an APSA grad program and a standard bank grad program and an FNB grad program. I didn't get into the FNB grad program, but I got into APSA as a standard bank. And they were offering the same amount of money because mm. grad programs usually offer around the same amount similar, of money. They're similar, similar yeah. yeah, they're very similar. So it wasn't a money decision for me, but I looked at standard bank and I saw that at the time they had 15 15 uh, subsidiaries across the continent. Okay. And I was like, what is it that they're doing that they've got banks in 15 other countries on this continent? Mm, that's that's mm. amazing. I'm going to this bank, you know? Okay, yeah. So I went to Standard Bank based purely on the fact that they had subsidiaries across the continent and I wanted to learn more about Africa. I, I've been in South Africa all my life. I wanted to know more about my continent because we don't know enough about our continent oh, as South Africa. Yeah, we don't, we don't know anything. We keep to ourselves. We like South African. We here. There's not <laughs> so in high school. You there's there's South African law and there's American law and Russian law, but there's no African. African yeah. I mean, I mean African history. I'm, yeah, I don't know no, 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 no. Yeah, you. but there's no African history. Mm. So 
we don't know anything about the rest of the continent. And I wanted to learn what's going on in the rest of the continent. I didn't know the first thing about mm. any other country outside of South Africa at the time. Yeah. Which is exactly because we get I to the end of high school. I don't think <laughs> any of us know anything about any South African kids know anything about other countries outside of our continent. You know American history very well. Yeah. You know, Russian history, I don't know for what good reason, because it's useless, <laughs> but, you know, and you know, other history, but you don't know anything about Africa. So mm. I chose Standard Bank, and I was in the grad program there, and I, I really worked hard there. I really proved myself. I networked. Um, I learned the power of networking. I learned the power of building good relationships mm. with people, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter how successful you think you're going to be. You need people in life. You need people. And I learned that very early in my career that you need people and you're always going to need people. There's a quotable right there. (laughs) I love it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you think you You are. It doesn't matter what what surname you think you have. Mm. It doesn't matter what wealth you think your family comes from. Mm. You you need people in life. Mm. You need people. And I learned that very young in my career that. I need to forge good relationships with people. And I, and so I, I, I need good people in my court. So I really did in all my rotationals while I was at Standard Bank, I forged good relationships with people. And I really made something of myself. Uh, and the grad program was meant to be 18 months. But at the 11th month, um, I was actually offered full-time employment. Oh, wow. And man, all the other grads were mad. <laughs> were you the only one? I was the only one. Everyone yeah. still had to finish the grad program and wonder <laughs> if they're going to get a job yeah. or not. And I was here 11 months in and full offered it's not a, even a year. Like, <laughs> 11 months in, offered offered um, um job, a job description, offered a salary, full-time salary, offered permanency mm. and everything. And I was offered a role. In one of the in one of the Africa teams as an Africa regional manager, where I spent the next couple of years of my time at Standard Bank, and I traveled quite extensively across the continent. I learned so much about our people, our continent. Um, I've been to I think ten countries in the rest mm. of the continent, which is not that many in the scope of how many countries there is. Actually, but it's, uh, yeah, but, but but it's something mm. because I, I at least. My mind is open. I know a bit more about our continent mm. than than the the average you South not, African yeah. person, you know. So it really was quite a wonderful uh, space. You, you, you're so in. like I've just been thinking of this the whole time that you've been speaking. You're so you're so intentional with everything that you do. Yeah, and like it always comes back full circle. Like I'm just thinking about how you were saying you specifically chose it because of the Africa-ness mm. of it all. Mm. And here it came back. You became, um, you worked in the Africa part of mm. it all. You got to travel. Mm. You're so intentional. I love how intentional you are with thank all you. the things that you do. Yeah. Thank you. I, I think you just have to really, up again, you don't have to know what it looks like, mm. you know, um, but you have to take the right steps forward. As long as you are moving, no matter how slowly you are moving, mm-hmm. it, you just have to be moving forward. You don't have, just don't move back and just make the right decisions. Mm-hmm. Meet the right people. You just don't know where it's going to yield to. And so I, I um, thank you. Um, I, it's, it's a compliment that you do notice that because I've always been very intentional and strategic about what my next move is mm-hmm. and why I'm choosing this move and why I think that this is the move to make, yeah. you know? So um, I really enjoyed my time at Standard Bank. Um, corporate's very tough. Yep. Corporate's not easy. It's very flawed. Um, I also learned a lot. Um, I also cried a lot. Mm-hmm. A hell of a lot. Mm. Um, working for white people is not easy. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't easy. 
but um, I learned a lot, and my time and my in my and my six years in corporate were very good because now I'm not in a corporate anymore. Now I'm in a startup, as yes, you know, yes. which is so different. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it, it was quite an experience. I really met a lot of people who still have a big impact in my career today. People who still put me down for opportunities today. People who still uh, refer me for opportunities and partnerships mm-hmm. and what have you today. Yeah. You just, you're always going to need people. <laughs> you're always going to need people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so how did the move from corporate to a startup happen? So I got to, I got to my five years of Standard Isn't that Bank. scary though? Because corporate is, is hard and everything, but it's, it's stable, hard. right? Very stable. And then you go to a startup, which is Sheesh. like, isn't Sheesh. that scary? It's so scary. Yeah. I had so much anxiety around this move. Don't think it was an easy yeah. one. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it now. I'm trying to talk as quickly as I can because I know <laughs> I don't want to bore people. But... Um, so I got to my five as a standard bank and I had already started the corporate canvas about two years prior because I started the corporate canvas two years in, okay. into my time as standard bank. Yeah, we'll and talk I, about that We'll as talk well. about yes, corporate canvas, yes. yes. So um, now I got to like the fifth year at, at standard bank and I, everything at a corporate is just so slow. Yeah. And decision makings. Red tape. Red tape. Jumping 10 million Bureaucracy. Mm. The smallest decision should we start wearing black or not? It can take <laughs> 10 weeks, mm, you know? Mm. And the smallest thing takes so long. And this is going to sound so crazy, but I started implementing that kind of thinking in my own life. I started being less of a risk taker. I noticed myself being taking long to make decisions. And I noticed myself being so bogged down by the perfectionism of it all mm. and being bogged down by... And taking so long to do things, even in my own personal life, and I didn't like it. Yeah. And just things move so slowly in a corporate, and things take so much time to change. And I could tell that I wanted something that's a bit quicker. So I started applying for, look, let me say it like this, and this is going to sound so silly, but I started telling myself and telling the universe that I want newness in my life. Mm. I want young. I want fresh. So I put it out there. Literally, I would just say it to my husband and my friends. I want something new. I want something fresh. I want something new. I want something fresh. I don't know what that looks like, but I I want something new and fresh and different. And I started making the steps once again. So I'd apply to jobs at Facebook, you know, for in policy management, because I mean, I studied law and I've been in compliance and legal. So I was like, this goes head in hand with what I've been doing. So I started applying to jobs at Facebook. I started applying to jobs at Uber. I started applying to jobs at ALA and younger institutions, Mm, young mm. institutions that are doing new and fresh things. And it didn't yield anything, but I was doing something. You know, I was putting my CV out there and I started changing how I, I, I do the whole job application process. I started being very intentional about my LinkedIn all of a sudden. Okay. So now I started really being focused on LinkedIn and posting quite often on LinkedIn and really establishing myself as a thought leader on LinkedIn and updating my LinkedIn and making sure that everything is summarized well. And I hope you give like a, a course on LinkedIn. <laughs> I will, I will, I should actually. And I started taking LinkedIn quite seriously mm. because I thought if I want something new and fresh, I can't use old methods to get there. I can't use old methods. A CV will always be the, 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 a, a wonderful tool. Trust yeah. me, never under, undermine mm. a CV, never undermine the 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 how making your cv look good is how the importance of it yeah. you know 
So it will always be the gold standard of applying for a job. But because you can't, it's like, you know how they always say, you can't live the same year, the same way every year and call it a life. And yeah. you can't you can't do the same thing every day and expect a different result. That's yeah, insanity. insanity yes. So I thought to myself, if I want new and fresh, I can't do the same do thing. the same thing. I can't just keep updating my CV and sending it around. I need to focus on my LinkedIn. I need to focus on even when I'm on Facebook, what I'm putting out on my Facebook, even when I'm on my Instagram, what I'm putting out on my Instagram. Mm. I have to focus on that. And one day, I promise you, I promise you, it literally was one day. These things just happen when you put it out there. I'm sitting and I get a, an in-mail on LinkedIn because, you know, it's called yeah, email yeah. on LinkedIn. I get an in-mail from a lady and she says, hello, I'm a headhunter and my client has been viewing your LinkedIn profile for quite some time and they believe that you'd be wonderful for a certain role. Are you looking to make any form of career change at the moment? That was the weirdest email I can show you. I've still got it. I'll show it to you afterwards. Like, yeah. so you can see that I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And I was like, hi. Her name was Caroline. So I'm like, hi, Caroline. Um, white lady, very nice lady. I said, I am looking to make a career change. And I am looking to for something new right now. Uh-huh. Um, and then she responds, when may I call you? So I said, okay, please do call me at 2 o'clock on such a day. And then I think it was the next day. Yeah. And then the next day, lo and behold, she did call me at 2 o'clock. And she was a headhunter lady. And she's actually very renowned for picking uh, people in certain roles. And she says to me, hi, Samasa. So um, I'm looking for a role for my client. And I can't reveal, reveal my client right now. But my client has been viewing your LinkedIn for quite some time. And, they, and I've been looking at your LinkedIn for quite some time myself. And... I believe that you would be quite perfect for a certain role. Um, and she actually asked me such a weird question. She said, do you know what you want in your career? So I said, yes, I do. Um, I know exactly what I want. And she was like, please tell me what that looks like. Mm. So I'm thinking about this lady. Who's this, oh, yeah. Who's this woman? <laughs> like, but I, I answered her anyway because she was such a strong-willed woman. Yeah. And so hectic. So I'm like, okay, fine. What that looks like for me is I want um, autonomy. I want to be able to exercise all the skills I've learned in my last five to six years in corporate, but be able to use them in a unique way. I want to work for a new, young and fresh company. I I want to build something. I'm a builder. I love building from scratch. And she said, okay, fine. Um, Well, I'm recruiting for a company. It's an up-and-coming company called Yalu. Um, The CEO worked at McKinsey prior and then was the executive assistant to the CEO at Old Mutual and then was the COO at FNB Life and now they're starting their own company underwritten by Old Mutual. Mm. Uh, it's a company focused on credit life insurance and they've recently gotten quite a lot of funding from the PIC and quite a lot of it funding from other private investors and I'm looking for a head of legal and compliance. Yeah, like, like that? No, guys. I was like, no. It was like that. Head of legal. Found me on LinkedIn. Found me on LinkedIn. And I, you can't make these things up. <laughs> you can't make these things up. And it's, it just goes back to that. Put out there good work. Put out there. Um, have a strong work ethic. Yeah. Be known for something. Be known for brilliance. Mm. You just don't know what's going to fall into your lap. These things do happen. And I've become such a believer now because of my experience, mm. you know, and how you can't do the same thing over and over and think it's going to yield in different results. Yeah. I never took it, uh, uh, CVs for granted, but I knew that I need to start fixing my LinkedIn. And you, when, when you're an all-star 
uh, All Star on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. your profile is a lot more visible. And because I was being so intentional about fixing up my LinkedIn, my profile landed on this woman's um, mm. feed while she was searching for different candidates. And I've been at a startup now for, I'm actually going on a year. It's about 11 months now, I'm on 11 months. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I, I celebrate one year on the 1st of September. So it's just kind of 11 months yeah. or so. Um, and it's been a whirlwind. Yeah. <laughs> Startups are hard. Yeah, can yeah. imagine. Startups are hard, yeah. They're quite hard and it's very different. So I left... First and foremost, staff benefits. Oh, my God. I left staff benefits. <laughs> my bond installment went up yeah. because now I didn't have prime oh, minus yeah. three and all those beautiful <laughs> things you have. Yes. Um, all my bank rates went up uh, because now you're not working yeah, at you're bank not anymore. anymore. Yeah, you don't have staff rates. Yeah, staff, <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you, then you see that corporate, this is how they trap you. Too comfortable it's too easy too comfortable and you know what there's nothing wrong with that comfort mm. some people i don't have any problem with people who say i just want to grow in corporate i want to make my money because you don't know someone's financial circumstances and their past yep you don't know someone's past economy mm-hmm. you don't know the traumas that they have been through in life that where they wa- need this yes this actually where, uh, uh, that warrants them needing this comfort mm-hmm. we all deserve a good life and we all do despite our our past and that's why I will never in this life ever insult someone who wants to grow in a corporate. Yes. I think it's beautiful. I think it's wonderful. That our journeys are different. Our also. journeys are different. So, mm. But I knew that my journey is not for in a, in a, in a corporate. Yeah. Um, wonderful as it is, as much as my bond went from like <laughs> six and a half K to 10 K. <laughs> no, literally. You. Uh, I know, no, listen, listen, listen. And my, 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 cause I was a, because uh, at Standard Bank, when you start in the grad program, they put you on private banking automatically, just as a perk. So it's not because we're earning any Listen, amount I, of money, I, it's just a perk. Yeah, when I joined my grad program, I had friends that went to Standard Bank, yes. and like within a year, like my friends are driving business, they're like, the rates are, it's so, a, the rates are yeah. so good, and the perks are so good <laughs> yeah, when you start, yeah. no one even understands how good they are. So <laughs> as a perk, in the grad program, they give you private banking. You don't even earn what you're meant to be earning. But the, and then obviously now, and when you're on the private banking staff rate, it's only 68 rand a month. So you don't feel that money oh coming gosh. off. <laughs> now I feel the 400 rand come off. Trust me. I feel everything. So I left all of that. Um, and I left all of that. And I knew that I wanted, this was a good opportunity for mm, me. It was worth it. It was. It's, it's worth it. I'm in it and it's worth it because... Number one, I've always known that I want to be a builder. I want to build something. Mm -hmm. And being at Yalu, I'm building a brilliant black-owned company every day. Mm -hmm. Day in and day out, I'm contributing towards the freedom of my people. I'm contributing towards the outlook of my people and how other races view my people. I'm contributing towards building a br- what is going to be and what is already a brilliant black institution. And I'm changing the perception of black institutions mm. every single day by doing what I do every day. And that's what I'm meant to do, yes. you know? Yeah. And, and, and I want to change the, 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 the course of how people view us. And I want to change the course of people's lives and the course of my people's lives. Yeah. So, it, and at the same time, now when I say it doesn't always look the way 
you, you don't always know what that looks like, but now I'm a businesswoman because now I have equity in this company. Mm. You know, they gave me equity and now yeah. I have ownership in this company. So I have to make it work as like, well. Like, you know, Beyonce said, you know, Beyonce said, pay me an equity. equity yes. I say that all the time. And I'm like, and you actually... Like, yes. And the real thing, they gave me equity. And when at the beginning of this year, when I was negotiating for my raise, I didn't negotiate for a high raise. I negotiated, give me more equity. Yeah. Because if I'm going to pour my life into this company, which I am doing... um. I must have a piece of it. And also when you have a piece in something and a stake in something, how you contribute towards and how it's you different. work towards it is different. Mm. Because at Standard Bank, mm. for example, nothing was consequential for me. You know, like if they say, oh, we got fined, it didn't matter. Now if something gets happens here at Yalu, oh, we got fined or oh, we got, it's personal and we take it seriously and mm. you do everything you can to manage it. And it's, it's your company. And now I am a business owner. And yeah. now I am an equity stake owner. And now I am a businesswoman because yes, I'm a head of legal and yes, I am employed, but my employment is different now. Yes. And I'm fundamental, I'm fund, I'm a fundamental part of this institution and I have to make it work. Mm. So that's what, that's what it is. And you, you give up all this comfort and you give up and you, you know, it, it's a lot harder for your bond to come off every month. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me. And, and, it, and it's a lot tougher because now you don't just have all these nice things. I, recently got a new car and oh my god i can't tell you how much better it would have been if i got start, if i had staff rates but i mean now it, it's just small sacrifices that you have to make yeah. to be something so great mm. the other day i was watching and this is going to sound crazy but i was watching anna winter uh an interview about anna winter the editor chief chief editor of vogue, vogue yeah and something hit me that in life if you want to do be great you're gonna have to do things differently and it's not to say that someone who just goes to any company and just works their nine to five every day and works hard is not going to be someone great because you will be great. This is mm. different for different people. But it just kind of hit me that if I want to be something very, very great one day, I can't do what everyone else is doing. Mm. I can't just sit in the comfort of corporate. I have to be uncomfortable. I have to do something different. I have to take that leap and leave my comfortable job for a black owned startup mm. and leave all, all those benefits behind and work and work much longer hours and be basically never be on holiday. Because even when you're on holiday, when you're at a startup, everyone is so integral. Everyone is so integral. Like yeah. if, if, if there's someone who's <laughs> not at work, you feel it. Yeah. You, you yeah. feel it. Everyone is important. And everyone contributes to the, the machinery of this institution that, Listen, if you're sick, you're still going to open your laptop. <laughs> Listen, if you're on leave, you're still going to open your laptop mm. because the company can't function without you. It can't function. So I'm really enjoying every step of this journey that I'm in now. This is the phase I'm in at the moment. Oh. I don't know what life looks like in the future, but I know it's going to be good. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know my next move. For the first time in my life, I don't know my next move. I've always known my next move. I've always known, okay, I'm going to go do my master's now because I want this kind of skill set. Then, after, okay, now I'm going to grab a program. I want to go travel the continent so I can have this on my CV. Yeah. Okay, I want something new. I want something fresh. And now I'm at something new and fresh and different being a startup. And I don't know my next move at the moment. I Right now, I'm where I am. Mm. I'm very happy where I am. I'm mm. very stressed, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, my, this is me now. Yeah. I don't know what the next five years is. I know that they will be great. I don't know what my next move is. Yeah. This is me at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I could listen to you talk the whole 
Can we talk a bit about the corporate canvas? Of course, yes. So how did it come about? When where, where were you in your life when you started to start it up? And how is it now? How's it grown? Yeah. I was so miserable when I started the corporate canvas. Yeah. It was my second year at Standard Bank. I had a boss who victimized me. I had a boss who was vi- not just hard on me. As in, I, I know the difference between victimization and being a hard boss that wants the best for you. Um, I had a boss who uh, bullied me, honestly, um, um, and also contributed towards my brilliance at the same time. It's the weirdest thing because mm. she's one of the most brilliant women I've ever met in my life. And she gave me all the technical skills I possess today. And she taught me all the things I know today. And she taught me all the things that I needed, all the things I needed to be able to be the best I can be in my job right now and starting up the legal and compliance division and building it. Mm. Because life doesn't always give you what you want. It gives you what you need. Mm. And that woman gave me what I needed. She gave me all the technical brilliance I needed to be today ahead of legal and compliance. But she also gave me the resilience. And she also gave me humility to know that um, sometimes when people treat you a certain way, it's not necessarily about you. Sometimes it's just about them. And so I went through a victimization period in my life where I had a, a white female boss who really didn't treat me well. And it wasn't even me. It was quite a few others, but it was hard on me because I've got such a strong personality. And I literally looked around and I said to myself, I can't be the only person that's experiencing Mm. this. And I can't be the only person who's in corporate and feeling lost and not knowing. Like, I can't be the one who's miserable and not, I I can't say depressed because fortunately I've never really been depressed, but I can't be the only one who's miserable and doesn't really and feels lost in the system and feels like they don't know what to do and Mm. no one was around to tell me like when a boss victimizes you you do a b and c no one was there to tell me that this is what you do in corporate a b and c no one was there to say this is how you handle uh hr related issues a b and c so i said you know what i'm gonna start a blog where i help people uh navigate corporate because at the time I loved blogs and I still love blogs till today and there were all these hair blogs and skincare blogs and beauty blogs and fashion blogs but and I was learning wonderful things from these blogs I mean I was learning all these beautiful things about hair and makeup but why was there no blog teaching me about how to navigate my career Mm. why I'm glad that you can teach me about how to take care of my skin I'm glad that you can teach me how to take care of my hair I'm glad you can teach me that wear navy to an interview instead of red or yeah. whatever the case is. But why don't you teach me how to navigate my interview? My, 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 my interview? Yeah. Why don't you teach me how to navigate my career? So I decided I'm going to start my own blog and help people navigate their careers. And I can't do it alone. And once again, the people thing comes in. And I started the corporate canvas and it is a career lifestyle and finance publication for the young professional. Mm. And I started it knowing that I, can't, I don't have all the answers. I can't do it alone. So I utilized my entire network. I mean, everyone that's ever been featured on the corporate canvas is either someone I met in the grad program or a friend of someone I met in the grad program mm. or a friend of a friend of yeah. someone who was in the grad program and it cascaded into there. And I spoke to all my friends and all my closest friends and all my friends in the grad program. And I said, hey, Tulu, please write something about how you navigate the uh, – office politics since you had a law firm hey akuna please mm. talk about the fact that you are you studied a degree but but are doing something else totally different yeah that's a reality yeah hey Bande, please talk about the fact that you made a career change hey uh zandile please talk about the fact that 
in some interviews, this is what they ask you. And I actually just utilized my whole network yeah, to, to build, build it. It wasn't just me. Yeah. Like, I utilized everybody around me. And I got everyone around me to write articles and, 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 and record podcasts and whatever the case may be to build it. And at, when I started, I was just putting information on a platform. I was just putting information down on the platform and that's all that mattered to me. And then a year in, I think 11, 11 months seems to be... Yeah, it's a theme it's in your life. It's a theme in my life, yes, because 11 that's months in. That's your magic in, number. That's my magic Hey, man. <laughs> 11 months in, um, someone from Disney Magazine called me and said, hi, Zimasa, how are you? And I was like, I'm fine, thank you. And she says, I'm Claudia from Disney Magazine and we have been viewing your blog the whole day. We are obsessed. Oh, wow. And I was like, don't effing lie. <laughs> don't lie. I mean, I'm obsessed. I mean, it's Kanye. I mean, I know it's not Kanye yeah, directly. Yeah, but it's Kanye, you know? And she was like, we love what you are doing. Um, we'd like to feature you on the Power 40 issue, yeah. actually. And I was like, no, guys, please, man. Like, listen, this is just a silly blog. I don't even make money from it. <laughs> I didn't even know you could make money from a blog. I was like, this is just a yeah, blog. Just yeah. chill the F out. Chill out. You know? They're like, seriously. So we met at Rosebank and she interviewed me for the Power 40 issue. And she actually asked me, are you making money from this? And I said, no, this is just a blog. I just want people to... just want to help people. I just want to help people. Yeah. I just want people to have better careers. <laughs> I really care about people's careers. I do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she, you refer to yourself as a careerist. Yes, I'm I such like a careerist. <laughs> yeah. like, I love... I, I just feel like everyone should have a career. Like, I'm... I'm learning to remove my biases around people who just want to be, for example, a stay-at-home mom. And I, I shouldn't even say just want to be. Yeah. Because that's not a great way to say it. But I'm learning to remove my bias because that's a career in itself. But I'm really so big on, dude, career, make moves, do this. Mm. Like, we've, we've in the past, we couldn't as women, and now we can. So let's do let's it. Let's do it. You know, yeah, yeah. that's me. And and um, she after my feature on Power 40 on Destiny Magazine, she called me a few days later after it was published and she said, I think I know how you can start making money. And then I said, okay. And she was like, don't you want to start selling some of our con of your content to us? And I said, oh, geez. Okay, fine. So Destiny Magazine was actually my first entryway into making money from my blog. Okay. I mean, full circle, because I said once I said... I want to be kind of long. Yeah. So I literally, <laughs> exactly. come, full circle. I literally yeah. come full circle. And I said to the, uh, uh, and, and they said, okay, so there's certain articles that we would like. Can you please sell them to us? And there's some we will procure, we will commission from you. So they asked me to be, to write some articles and they pay me to write some mm -hmm. articles and others they take from um, my actual blog. Oh, and, put and pay me for the wording and put them on Destiny magazine. Some they even turned into uh, videos for mental feed because they started mental feed yes. as well. Yeah, so, so they took literally four articles from the corporate canvas and they put it onto mental feed. And uh, so they were my first entryway into making money. Mm. And then one day, <clears throat> I did that for a year. I was procuring uh, content for Disney for a year. And then one day in January, the following year, they didn't call me. And I was like, oh my God, like it was so nice making all that money. <laughs> Because now I, now I was earning two streams of income, right? Yeah. Now I was actually working at Santa Bank while making money from the corporate canvas, which is my beloved. And now it wasn't happening anymore. And so I, <laughs> and so I said, you know what? I need to find a way to start making money from this thing mm. on my own. So from the corporate canvas, from this blog, this career lifestyle and finance blog, I started doing different things. I 
saw that I have a skill in helping people with their CVs. So I started helping people with their CVs and charging a fee for it. I started helping people with um, their rate cards and started charging a fee for it. I started helping people with their cover letters and charging a fee for it. And it escalated. And one day, and I I always maintained the blog and making sure that content is is always moving from the blog. And one day I got a call from a lady from Mercedes-Benz and she said, my hello, I'm Nobushi from Mercedes Benz, and my my niece niece my niece is always telling me that she's always reading this website, and um, I love it. I want to do something with you. I want us to uh, uh, Mercedes Benz wants to enter into the space of young professionals, mm. and I really would like to enter it with you. And I started working with Mercedes Benz. I also started working with Ellen Gray. Literally, I met a lady at the gym who was like, you're from the corporate canvas, oh right? Oh, my gosh. Swear to God, I was half naked in a towel. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you're from the corporate canvas, right? So I'm like, yeah. She's like, um, we actually do this at Ellen Gray, whatever, the, whatever you, whatever you, and we'd like to work with you yeah. as an SME. And I was like, no way. So corporate canvas is definitely still moving. It's just hit five years. Um, I make Congrats. money. Thank you so much. Congrats. I make money from it on the side. Mm. Um, I, and, and I do really work quite hard on the corporate canvas. And, and you yeah. know, like, if you've ever doubted its impact, like I said, like I was saying in the beginning, when I started working in corporate, because I went straight from Boston yes. to corporate, that was my go-to um, um, source of information Thank for you. navigating corporate. Thank you so much. Like, that's literally, that was my thing. Thank so. you so much. And it started from such a, dark place so it's so it's so beautiful for yeah. me to hear something like that because for me it started from such a dark place it started from a place of i cry every night oh. it started from a place of i cry every sunday at four o'clock because i can't handle the fact that i'm gonna go to work tomorrow and i said i can't be alone mm. i'm starting this thing why is no one else going through this i have to <laughs> so for, for it to have for for so much to have come from it you know from meeting someone at the gym to a lady who said, uh, my, my niece is always reading mm. it, to someone at Destiny just calling me one day. I pr- these were just all calls. Every single thing has always been a call. But I believe it's all got to do with leaving a good trail behind mm. and just doing things because it's a good thing to do. And yes. if you leave that trail behind, you don't know how many people are watching. You don't know how many people are saying, you know what? Hey, you know, I yeah. mean, I spoke at Weber Wenzel the other day, which is a top five law firm. Yes, and yes. that was a recommendation from a high school, someone I went to high school with. We're not friends. Yeah. But literally <laughs> someone I went to high school with, like, WhatsApp me. I didn't even have her number. I didn't even have a number. She was like, hi, Samasa. Uh, we went to school together. I got your number from so-and-so. Yeah. Um, I'm on this empowerment trust at Weber Wenzel. And at, I've been following your career. I'd like to please speak. It's just... It's the people leaving thing. A tra- it's the people yeah. thing. It's the people thing. I attribute so much of everything that's happened in my short life to people. Mm. I, I, it's not me. I, I, I wish I could take all the credit, all, all the credit but it's, it's not me. Yeah. It's just all the good people in my life and God. And mm. I, I can't take the credit. It feels difficult to, to do so. Yeah. Okay. So I always ask all my guests this mm. question. Mm. If you could give a message to your younger self, at any age, pick any point, even if it was that dark yeah. place mm. that you were in, what would you say to her? To hang in there. Mm. It's going to be okay. Life does turn out for the best for us mm. if we have best intentions for our own life. So I wouldn't change anything. Mm. And I know people always roll their eyes, 
but everything works out perfectly for a reason. The timing of your life is for a reason. And Mm. everything that takes place, every stage of your life is just building you for the next stage. Every hardship is preparing you for what's to come next. Because had I not gone through the difficulty that was going through my boss, Lee, uh, the one who, who mm. I went through with the victimization. And had I not gone through all that crying, but had I not gone through her giving me a report at, at, at 5 p.m. and expecting it that same day, I wouldn't be good at what I do now as the mm. head of legal and compliance at Yalu, you know? Um, had it not been for her literally tearing my report to shreds with the red marks, not literally, but tearing yeah. my report to shreds <laughs> with all her red marks and telling me that this and this and write this better and go redo this. I wouldn't write the stellar reports I write now. Yeah. Had it not been for her um, making me stay till 11 p.m. in the office, like photocopying this and creating that and spreadsheet that, I wouldn't be able to build the function that I'm building now. So mm-hmm. even when it's dark, it's it's preparing you for something that, for, for when the light comes. It's preparing you for that light. So I tell myself to hang in there. Mm. Yeah. Wow, thank you so much. Thank you. Like, um, thank you so I've much. I've learned so much about you and thank I'm just you. like, wow. I actually can't wait people to hear this podcast because, wow. Thank this, you, thank you. This, this is like one awesome. of my favorites, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. But yeah, so, so yeah. how can people get in touch with you, in touch with you or the Corporate Canvas? Sure, so you can follow the Corporate co- Canvas um, on Instagram. It's at the Corporate Canvas. One on word. Fa- one word, yeah. so at the Corporate Canvas, that's the handle. On Facebook, it's just the page is called The Corporate Canvas. Mm-hmm. And then the actual website is www.thecorporatecanvas.co.za. Yes. Um, if you want to email me, it's zimasa, Z-I-M-A-S-A, at thecorporatecanvas.co.za. Okay. Yes, I'm also available on LinkedIn. Yeah. Yes. Thank you thank so much you for people. coming today. Thank oh, so much for sharing awesome. your story. Thank you. you, you you're so wise. <laughs> thanks for tuning in guys if you like this episode take a screenshot and share it with us on instagram or twitter at she brigade don't forget to leave us your feedback by giving us a rating and review on itunes see you on the next episode bye